iPod and welcome back to Adventurers Anonymous, the home of half-baked accessible fantasy nonsense. First off, let's address the ginormous owlbear in the room and explain why this week's episode is nearly half a week late. Quite frankly, there's a simple explanation, and um, it's elves. Not the good elves that live in the woods, living sustainably, but the bad elves. Naughty, tricksy, pointy-eared little motherfuckers who break into your workshop during the night and do a half-assed job of finishing your life's work. Turns out they're better at shoemaking than podcasting. Who knew? Last of all, please note that this week's episode contains graphic nudity, violence, flashing lights, goblins, and a swarm of bees, from the outset and throughout. Listener discretion is advised. So now that we've got all that out of the way, why not sit back and relax and join us for another instalment of crunchy fantasy goodness? Enjoy! Hashtag recap. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had just finished scouring the abandoned graveyard in the ruins of Melasmia, looking for traces of the fabled orbs of Tartarus. After a few false starts that involved booby traps, stashes of fenced goods, and the occasional coffin of an innocent bystander, they finally found all but one of the missing orbs in a metal chest. The fairy they had met offered them a truly tear-jerking story of his exile from the Feywild and his estrangement from his children. Deaf to his pleas for compassion, Maud the tiefling took him hostage in her drinks flask, stopping to punch her air holes. All the while, romance was blossoming as Theolian confided in Tati and Belsiar, explaining that he was afraid he may have feelings for Aristobulus. Elven eroticism aside, the gang soon realised that the towering spectre of the cathedral that they were standing next to was in fact not as derelict as they once suspected. With only one more orb to find, the group made their way to the front doors only to discover they were barred to intruders. In a bid to show his guile and grit, Hanash decided to attempt to blow the doors off with his bundabus. Taking careful aim, he pulled the trigger of the mighty weapon. A great explosion blown the half or clean off his feet as the weapon discharged. As the gang rushed over, seeing Hanash wreathed in acrid smoke, they stared on in horror as he had a substantial metal spike jutting out the side of his head. Before anyone could apply a modicum of common sense or medical care, Maud snatched up her drinking flask with the fairy in and applied a liberal amount of dust to the wound. As the rainbow dust spackled the wrecked skull of the half-orc, the spike miraculously fused into his cranium, a permanent and healed addition to his already rugged physique. Tatty, rushing over to the smoking crater at the centre of the doors, peered in. From the shadowy depths of the cathedral, a wicked cackle could be heard echoing amongst the towering arches. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. Huzzah! I don't remember it. I do. I remember it being. I remember it being a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's more cliffhangers in this than there is in the Da Vinci Code. Every chapter ends on a cliffhanger in case you get bored and decide not to come back. Okay, so as far as as far as I remember, I had kind of climbed up the door and I was having a look to see if I could see what was inside. Correct. Yes, the smoking crater in the centre of the big oak doors was was about human shoulder height, where Hannah had blown a giant crater out of it. So you'd put on your well, you always wear your spider boots, and you'd you'd walked up and stuck your head through. Um, can I see the source of the cackling or any other kind of creatures or monsters skittering around in the shadows? Yeah. Um, no, I think we established last week you made a perception roll and you could not see such a thing. Ah, 
Can I um can I investigate around the other side of the cathedral that we because we came from like one side, so I was wondering if I can investigate the other side to see if there's a side door that we've not been past yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um investigation room. Um it would be more unless you're looking for something specific, it would be more of a perception role. Okay. Have you got anything in mind or are you just having a look? I kinda wanna look like a door or like an entrance to the Cathedral. So you're going around the far side, yeah? Because yeah, because we came round, I guess, on one side, and we weren't seeing the other side. So I'm going to see the side that didn't come past the way the door. Okay. So I'll say for the sake of storyline, as you go round the side of the cathedral, still a mighty kind of spectre looming over the top of you. The stonework of the cathedral towers high. 40, 50, 60 feet up into the air with beautiful stained glass windows in it, and as you go around the side, yeah, it's still, you know, slightly run down. There's still um, like an extension. Both sides had a slight extension that kind of came out, uh, like I said, a chapel on each side of the cathedral. Um, but there's nothing you can particularly see other than a few stained glass windows um, that would help, per se. Okay, I could give it to a group and go, meh, let's try. I, I keep on like constantly like touching my like, metal bit and freaking myself out and then minutes later touching it again. The Theolian walks up beside you and says, I would be careful with you don't might fall off if you keep playing with it. Because I keep playing with it. <laughs> Aristobulus walks up to it and just goes, wanna 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 bit like a ruler on a desk when you're at school. Um I was going to say, do you want to, now that you've blown a hole in the door, do you want to try opening it again? Do you have a crowbar? I do have a crowbar. Yeah. I, I, crowbar I did wonder, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Aristobulus as I say this, if someone wants to just stick their head in the hole and have a, have a little bit of a look around. I mean, I, I tried it, but I didn't really get anything useful out of it. Maybe if Aristotle can put his hand down and maybe like grab the barrier, maybe there's like, you know, the metal thing. Like a bar. Yeah, I wonder if like Aristobulus, I mean, I was, but I think this is really an Aristobulus job. So I just put his hand into some random hole and rifle around. <laughs> that does sound like Aristobulus. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. Here we go then. Aristobulus is going to, Aristobulus is going to uh, kind of crack his fingers like that and he's, gonna, he's just going to go. All right, everyone, don't worry about it. Sometimes you've just got to put your hand all the way in there and punch it real good. <laughs> so, as you all look around at Aristobulus, he rolls up his beautiful silken sleeve on the robe of stars, releasing a disturbingly smooth yet greasy arm with various religious symbols tattooed on it. As he reaches his arm in, he instantly goes, ah! pulls his arm out, turns around to you all, and just says, ah, oh, I was kidding. Puts his arm in, feels around. He's like, ah, oh, I can feel a bar. As he wrenches and there's a clink from the inside as he pulls his arm back out. You see the door kind of sag slightly outwards. Okay. Um, I'm going to very slowly kind of walk up and, and um, take point and kind of stealth ahead a little bit, maybe 10 feet, something like that. Um, see if I can see anything of interest in this in the in the first room. As you move into the main atrium of the 
cathedral, you look down and on the floor, you see the original tiles of the cathedral, which are in a sort of uh, checkerboard style, which are black and white, almost like a sort of chessboard, but turned sideways. So they're diamonds in kind of a checkerboard pattern that, that move across various the tiles are cracked and broken through lack of care and use. And occasionally you can see the odd weed growing up out of the ground in this once lovely, but now derelict cathedral. Looking up above you, you see the arches of the cathedral towering high above you, meeting in a point so far above your head, you have to squint to see them. None of the candles or sconces are particularly lit, but the light beaming through the Stained glass windows offers an almost rainbowish kind of effect of dull lighting on the inside. Although you cannot see anything in the fore, particularly um, at the, in front of you directly, you can see what looks almost like a slightly disused baptismal font full of dirty water and a couple of rooms, one to the right and one to the left, and the main chamber proceeding in front of you. I would consider this for the rules of D and D. I'd say this is low light. It's not dark, but it is gloomy. Would be a good way of describing it. Mm. Um, okay, so the the rooms to the left and right are they kind of like doors that are built onto the back of this like um, entrance way? No, they're almost. If you imagine the centre of the cathedral is a big chamber, they're almost like rooms built in. So they're up against the outer walls, but they come, they project inwards. Okay. So they, so you can see the chamber narrows, and there's a door and a door there and there. If that makes sense. Okay. And then did you say that the main chamber was kind of ahead of ahead of that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So each of those rooms to the right and the left has a sort of low platform roof, almost like a porter cabin on either side. Does uh, detect magic tell you like the direction of magic? So if someone uses it, could they like, I'm going to door number one is the most majestic of the doors. Yes. Yeah, I was just about to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> a black light for magic, for sure. It's like when you go to a hotel and you use the black light to look for semen on your covers. It's exactly the same, but obviously for warlocks rather than wankers. Hashtag warlocks, not wankers. Love that. Have we got an Instagram presence or any social media presence at the moment? I tell you what, we fucking do. What? Yes, we do. We we had uh, something like nine relikes on the fact that we were playing tonight. Yeah, we are. We are a hit. We are a massive hit in the Philippines. They cannot get enough of us. (laughs) Just absolutely. (laughs) We've got a live show in Manila coming up. I think (laughs) absolutely. Some say Belsiar is the David Beckham. Of the Philippines, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the um, the Norman wisdom of Albania, but, but for the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> Chris and Chris, obviously, being the Chuckle Brothers of the Ukraine as well, where we have a small footholding. We're just we're in a burgeoning Ukrainian market. But, wow. um, yeah, that make you and me the, the cheeky girls of those Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> I like that. I resent. <laughs> yes, guys, remember this moment because this is what it feels like when you've made it. <laughs> I think my lawyer has probably informed me that all of the above was absolute shit and we can't be held accountable for any infringement of copyright as all of this was just a bad dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all over us already. 
<laughs> yes. Bringing it back in to the disheveled cathedral, you have a door to the left and a door to the right, both of which are just look like pretty standard generic wooden doors with a port keyhole in them and a little knocker. I say knocker. It doesn't have like a knocker or even a knocker. It has a little sort of brass ringlet to open the door. Um, okay. Tatty, because Aristobulus has one spell slot left, um, Tatty is going to cast uh, Detect Magic. Okay. And that, um, that lets me sense magic within 30 feet. Um, yeah, and it displays as a, as a faint aura around any creature or object that, that has magic. Okay, okay, okay. Um, as Tatty... Oh, yes. Uh, are there any mice around? This is like a derelict building. Are there any mice? Well, as Tatty is mumbling incantations under his breath and his eyes glow prismatic blue, looking around, he scans across the checkerboard floor of the cathedral, smoke coming out of his ears as he... Channels his magic divinity. Looking about, you don't particularly see anything that's magical. Uh, nothing comes up on your kind of spidey senses. All the while, Maud scanning the floor, looking around, sees some movement out of the corner of her eye. Reaching down with her tail, she flicks up, catches a rodent as it skitters past her and catches it in her clawed hand, seeing it squirming. Um, I would like to have a very pleasant discussion with Mr. Mal and ask him if he can fit through the doorway. So, as you all look over at Maud, snatching up the mouse in the palm of her scaly, demonic hand, holding it by its tail, <clears throat> Aristobulus looks over and is like, oh, God, you're not going to eat that. I don't eat that. Seriously, look, I've got some, I've got some beef jerky in my back, but don't, don't eat the mouse. Don't eat the mouse. As Maud almost moves into a higher state of consciousness, you see her kind of shoulders dip slightly as she starts channeling the spirit of animals. As she starts tuning into the spiritual vibrations of the mouse as you channel into him and you can feel his little rodent mind skittering, not like a human. He's almost got ADHD as he just kind of you feel the thoughts of his mind as you start speaking in mouse. Can I, can I ask him in measling um, whether he's been behind the door um, and what is behind the door? Me- measling sounds like the alternation of the Riesling. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. You just hear a little voice saying, leave my tail alone. Leave my tail alone. Um, can I hold him very carefully, but like nose to snout and stare in his little beady eyes and then ask him again very sternly? Right, that's better. Much more respect. Right, what's behind that door? 4,000 of my children. Do you know how many wives I have in this cathedral? I have slept with every other mouse in this cathedral. I have children behind that door. I have children behind that door. I've got four children in that wall over there. Um, can I just eat the mouse? <laughs> As... <laughs> this conversation. 
as you go to lift the mouse up to your mouth, he's like, whoa, 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 no, look, look, let's talk about this. Has he also just turned into Danny Dyer? There's a whole cast of you sent us here. <laughs> All right, you lag, leave it out. Eat me or stop fucking with me. I've got kids. Kill me now. The 4,000 children will just come. They can't get rid of me. I've sired more mice than you've had hot meals, bitch. I would like to take the mouse in my hand, bring him to my mouth, but then crush his little body with my claw. (laughs) As he looks up into your eyes, he's like, I'm not scared of you. As you squeeze him, you can hear the bones crushing in your hand as he's like, nah, not like this. As you hear a whip, (laughs) as he just squishes between your fingers. It's almost like you can feel the little sad screams of 4,000 rodents in the cathedral. Nah, fuck it. Can I eat his remains? (laughs) You want to eat his remains? I've not eaten for a while. As... You scoop up the cracked bones and ichor and fleshy sack of the mouse in your hand. You scoop it up into the maw of your mouth and swallow it down. As you look around, Aristobulus just says, Ah, oh, fuck me, that shit is whack. I mean, I've done some sick stuff in my life. I know I have. I mean, that shit I did in Damali with the sailor, with the three aubergines was nuts. But this, this is wrong. I'm saying it's wrong right now. Fuck me, I'm out. I'm out, I'm out. And he just goes to walk out the door. I tried, I tried to reason with him. And also, I, for the group, I tried to, to get him to cooperate and he didn't, so he was a snack. Just for a point of reference, the rest of the group just saw you pick a mouse up and you went, squee, 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 squeaking to it and then crushed it between your fingers and then licked it off the palm of your hand. Yeah, from our from our perspective, we don't really have any proof that you can talk to animals. We're just like we've just seen a crazy person try to talk to a mouse and then kill it in cold blood. <laughs> we, we're just all going to back away from the cathedral and just leave. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I mean, but they know that I can talk to lady. Yeah, I think um, I think if anyone if anyone if anyone has proof that that Maud can talk to animals, it's probably Tatty because you know um, he's seen. And, Belsia, could you make me a charisma saving throw? Yes. Is he going to get damaged by being freaked out by the rat? <laughs> yeah. Uh, should do. Okay, that's a 10. And suddenly sweat beading down your scaled brow. You have flashbacks to your little family of otters, remembering how they skittered so freely up and down your wizard's sleeve, remembering the faces of Pippin and Tiffin and the other little otters and Mother Otter and how she protected you from the demonic squirrels that time. Sadness dwells upon you like a heavy cloud. I have to take a moment. Is there anywhere to sit down or? Yes. There's several cracked and broken pews to the left and right. I, I find a seat in a pew and I, I just grab the, uh, grab the side of it in, in a moment of quiet reflection and sadness. As you put your weight down on the pew, old and dishevelled as it is, you hear a cracking noise and the, the, the base of the pew snaps off and falls to the ground. You tumble with it, the side of the pew smashing onto the ground and you hear the echoing boom, boom, boom going up through the arches. In, in, in the back of the cathedral, you hear a skittering noise. You hear a voice in the back of the cathedral boom up. Oh, how sweet. 
You've come to see old Maleference. We don't get many visitors. Why don't you come in? I um, I'm just going to kind of look at look at the rest of the group and just kind of like shrug my shoulders, like, well, I mean, they they know we're here. I, I, I'm I'm going to do the do the dance where you like you go to like like front of the um front of the fishing reel. I'm going to reel myself towards them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk casually behind him, just kind of like getting Barbara's attention and getting getting her to to follow alongside me. Oh, Anash, can you make me a performance check? I'm gonna shit out of this thing. Fourteen. Fourteen. You do your little fishing rod dance, reeling it in, dancing into the center of the central atrium as you just hear a cackle coming from the back of the atrium as a voice says, well, my dinner doesn't often dance for me. This is a treat. Hey, baby. At the the sound of that, I just whimper a little and crawl underneath one of the pews. Can can I now sprint, full on sprint towards the witch, please? Full pelt. Um, As the rest of you are all looking around, taking in the surroundings, trying to gauge the distance of the echoey voice, Hanash sprints full pelt as you run between the channel of the two buildings, passing the door on your left and right. You meet an old baptismal font carved out of marble, slightly dirty, grimy inside it, brackish water where the holy water once would have been. As you carry on, you see another two doors, one to your left, one to your right. Same again. Uh, so she, she, she's not. And, and, and the cathedral, sorry, just for reference, the cathedral then opens up and carries on for at least 70 feet behind you. You can see in the far end, you can see, um, what you think looks like possibly a tree that's growing at the far end of the cathedral where the altar used to be. And behind it, the large stained glass windows. Could I, could I, when I like, when she last spoke, could I kind of gauge what kind of distance she was from me. Do I know, like, do I know if she's probably, like, around where I am or if she might be a bit wrong? Make me a perception check. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Just the smashing and banging you're making as you stomp down the central nave of the church, of the cathedral, sorry, um, obliterates any, your, 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 Dolphin echolocation sensors shot to fuck as your st- your booming footsteps are echoing off the walls and cloisters around you. That's like wall back to my pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna because before before Hanash started sprinting, I was kind of following reasonably close behind. Um, I'm gonna carry on stealthing ahead with with Lady. Stealth and hate. What's Lady's passive perception? Uh, let's see. Passive perception. 13. 13. So Lady has her snout, her muzzle, her jowls, her nose, whatever parts of an animal. I have no idea how dogs work. Um, low to the ground, sniffing, her head tilted to one side as she's sniffing a path along um, the straight down the centre, sniffing around the baptismal front. Um, Do I... It's at this point, point, Tatty, you at this point, Tatty, feel a sharp stabbing sensation in the side of your neck. As you bring up your hand to the side, you look down and there's a dead wasp 
uh, sorry, a dead bee in the palm of your hand. Can I, um, can I examine the body of this? Is going to sound so fucking weird. Can I examine? <laughs> can I examine the bee? Make sure that make sure that it's it's uh, natural. Are we saying not just not like something that's that's because of some kind of corruption in here? You want to do a bee autopsy? Yeah, make me a bee perception. Topsy. Make me a perception check to do a bee topsy. Bee topsy. Bees. Bee top. Bees. Bees. Oh motherfucker! Uh, Eleven. Eleven. With the venom sack, the the still you know the harpoon still sticking out your throat, throbbing a thyroid-like lump appearing on the side of your neck. You look down at the tiny little corpse of the splattered bee on the palm of your fingerless hand as you like, yep, that's a bee. How far away from Tatiana? Ten feet. Can I see that he's got like a big old... Oh, oh. sorry. I'm, I was merely for the sake of narrative. It's a bee sting. Sorry, he's not like dying of... Uh, I, I thought it was like. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Let's not waste uh, um, anti-toxin. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I uh, examine round the uh, round the font then and see if there are any kind of tracks or signs of kind of recent disturbance on the ground around there? Make me a investigation check. Fifteen. Fifteen. You get low to the ground and you use your camp craft that you've learned across a long and prestigious career as a gnome ranger. You notice some degree of disturbance from the brackish water and the light plants that are grown up through the cracks in the tile work. You do see muddy little footprints. Um, are they just kind of... Are they like localized just around the just around the font, or do they lead somewhere? They lead off back up into the atrium. All oh, right, the way that we came from, then. Oh, okay. No, the way away from you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna fucking like SWAT team hand signs style. I'm gonna turn around to Hunash and I'm gonna like point two fingers at, at me and Bar Barbara, and I'm gonna like. Point at the point at the footprints on the ground, and I'm going to go like that, and just point in the way that they're heading. I instantly like drop to the ground and just start like army crawling, like the direction he says. That's what I assume you meant by that. We all start. We all start. <laughs> we all start doing impressions of uh, of Ellie from The Last of Us and go real low and start walking around like this. <laughs> <laughs> Theolian still at the back of the room. He's almost in a in a. He's he's on his guard. He's clearly aware that something is amiss and he's not comfortable. He offers a hand up to Belsiar from underneath the pew, lifts him up, looks at you and says, whatever we meet in this place, we will meet it together. There is no point in hiding from it. We should meet it face on, Dragonborn. But hiding's what I do best. But I, I take your point um, and I, I transform a, um, to make myself feel better. I'm, I'm gonna like find if there's anything small that I can transform into a, a magical otter, just just to sit on my shoulder and make me feel a bit better. You see a reliquary of um, various bones of some long lost saint in the cabinet next to you. As you pull one of the bones out of the reliquary, you make a skeletal otter 
that just sits on your shoulder. This feels suitably magical. I, I feel like if, if this girl's water is watching over me, I can come to no harm. Theolian looks over at you and just says, I do not understand the way of your people, but if that skeletal rat thing gives you courage, then I am all for it. It's a, it's a skeletal otter, and yes, it does. Thank okay. you for your understanding. That's quite all right. I am always here to help. As he walks over to Aristobulus, come on, my man, best foot forward and all that stuff. Be ready for anything. And just puts an arm in the small of Aristobulus's back as Aristobulus just raises one eyebrow. All right, mate. Seriously, calm down. Um, Aristobulus is secretly electrified (laughs) by like this very, very, very minimal amount of like contact from Theolian. I try and catch Aristobulus's eye and I just go like, "Mm." why why are you guys acting so weird? You, all right, look, fuck me. He's like, ah! (laughs) Like he grabs the side of his neck and he's like, what the fuck? Just like, Slaps it and another dead bee in his hand. Fuck me, that bee had a dong on it. Look, it's still in the side of my neck as he pulls this giant harpoon out of his neck. I just got dick slapped by a bee. Christ on a bike. Um, as, I guess we... as Theolian walks forward, Theolian walks forward and is like, Would you like some salve for your wound? Nah, mate, I don't want some salve for my. Get back the fuck up. Put your salve away. Can I look around um, for the bee's nest? Because there's obviously a nest somewhere. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jesus H. Christ. You can either make me a perception check or... No, being that we're looking for a specific thing, you can either make me an investigation check for the bee or you can make me a nature check. Oh, 18. As... You finish licking the wrecked body of the mouse off the palm of your hand. Looking up, you notice two of your companions have been stung as you fixate on the area around you. You look up into the into the uh, top of the cathedral and you, you, for the first time, notice the bees buzzing around. Noticing that they are... The preponderance of the bees seem to be coming from the right-hand side, the far right-hand door of the set that you had seen a bit further along on the right-hand side than where the baptismal font was, where Hannah should run out to earlier on. Can I, um, can I wrap my, co- like my clothes around my neck to like, protect against bees? <laughs> like, like, that's what I was thinking. Like, tuck, my, tuck my trousers into my socks as well. Oh, yeah, me too. I see that's fair. I think you're like that. As you all look over, you just see Theolian just go and grab a bee between two fingers, like Mr. Miyagi, as it goes to sting him, as he just slowly pincer moves and crushes the bee between two fingers. Does he lick it as well? (laughs) Aristobulus looking over, eyes wide. Fuck me. Uh, I guess we, um, I guess we follow the, um, Follow the footprints from the font further down into the atrium to see what to see what to see if we can find the source of of the noise. As you walk further down the the nave, the cathedral, down the centre, you walk past the baptismal font, tatty, low to the ground, looking at the muddy footprints on the ground. 
as you hear the voice coming from the far back of the church. Oh, is that an elf I can smell? And one that moisturizes too, if I'm not mistaken. The Olean looking over at you, Belsiar. She's not wrong, I do moisturize. It's the only way your skin survives 250 years. Of course, that's, that's just common sense. These scales don't keep themselves soft. I bet it suits and gloves. Mm. Real soft hands. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we continue on. Do I get do I get a sense of of where the if it's further towards the back? Do I get a sense that that's where the voice is the voice is coming from? Then yes. So uh, although you are still in the front of the cathedral, so you're still in the front third of the cathedral where these doors are, you sort of feel it coming from the far right hand side of those sort of rooms. Are there um are there like pews where we are? No, there were pews in the sort of foyer way where um, Beltiar sat down and decked one of the pews. Uh, You've moved out from the pews. You've moved more into the sort of central beginning part of the uh, cathedral, past several doors on your right and left. Maud has noticed bees seem to be coming from the door to the right-hand side. Um, And... As you approach, the door cracks open and a small, portly, hunched-over figure stoops out of the doorway. A tiny, three, four-foot-tall goblin, female goblin, and as she hobbles forward, a scimitar in one hand and a staff in the other, you notice for the first time that on her back she has a hive a slightly corrupt-looking beehive attached to the back of the female goblin. And she says, Ah, welcome. So nice to finally meet you. How far away is she from me? Not far yeah. enough. How far 20 feet. How far, sorry? 20 feet. All right, I'm going to sprint to her again. With, like, <laughs> blunderbuss in hand. And like I kind of duck and roll as I get there. I want to get like right up the grill, and I want to like shoot her enough. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, make me a performance check. Sure, there is a reason for this. <laughs> <laughs> you hate goblins. <laughs> Fucking hate them. Uh, nine. Nine. As you sprint in, almost signposting your movement with your big, booming, hulky feet. You look over at the tiny, dishevelled, green goblin lady as she just looks up at you and just says, Fly, my darlings, fly, bring home the harvest. As you see a swarm of bees come up from behind the hive on her back and just swarm down towards you. Um, When she did that to me? Well, by the time you'd closed with her, you were at 20 feet. I'll say you made it halfway, she's about 10 feet away from you. Um... Can you make me a constitution saving throw? Sure can. Seven. Seven. So suddenly the swarm of bees coming down upon you, you just feel the prickle of sting after sting on you. You can feel the lumps drawing up on your skin as you're stung by these creatures. Um, One sting after another sting as you swat them off yourself, feeling the burning sensation. Uh, you take um, four points of damage. These bees ain't. Can I? Can I do? Um, I've got. We're going to be friends forever. 
Can I do that? I have no. You're going to have to unpack that one for me. Even <laughs> I don't know. What's, so, we, thank you, friend, an animal companion um, with a maximum CR. Yeah, starting level two, you may be friend an animal companion or companions. Any type of beast, you may only have one active at one time with a maximum or CR of one quarter of your druid level, not rounded. Oh, uh, so, okay, okay. So the CR is the difficulty of animal you can you can befriend. Um, bees. I mean, there are hundreds of bees. She herself is not a beast. You can I say prefer- the queen bee? There's a queen of every hive, and I take the queen because they obey the queen. Uh, let, uh, what is this? Is it a visual thing? Do you have to be able to see the creature? Has it got a V? No. Let me just quickly uh, check. No. What's it called? We're going to be friends forever. Boom, boom. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. If I didn't think I did. command. I can verbally command them to move. I can't kill them. Ooh. They will defend me against all attackers. What, what spell is it? It's called We're Going to Be Friends yeah. Forever. I want the Queen Bee. If I can't take all of them, and if I can only take one, I can't take the whole hive, I want to be in control of the Queen Bee because the other worker bees obey the Queen Bee. And is there no... Does the bee not get a save against this? Yep. No, no, just my bitch. I mean, at this point, I would say, unless you can see the thing, that's going to be difficult. I mean, I tell you what, make me a perception check. If in and out of all of the bees, you can discern which one the bloody queen bee is, I might give you that one. Is this because you don't want to roll charisma saving throws for a swarm of bees? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have to roll a hundred charisma saving throws for a swarm of bees. So each bee to see how many bees are convinced by the so queen. You know how long I have to spend writing these storylines for people like <laughs> Chanel to just pull random spells out of their asshole and ruin the narrative? I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every day's fucking Christmas, isn't it? Right. So, as the bees swarm around, Hanash taking sting after sting, you hear the green skinned man with the spikes sticking out of his head going, ha, 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 just slapping his face, just slapping himself around as you see his face swelling up. He now looks a bit like the elephant man with just like bee stung stings all over him. Maud looks up, sees the queen bee. Utter some magic as the queen bee slowly hovers in the air, turns. Tiny little vitriolic look on her face at the queen bee suddenly warming as a look of love and adoration pours across the queen bee's face as she flies across, joining Maud as you hear Malifluence say, what the fuck is going on? Where the fuck are you going? Come back here, Gladys. Gladys. <laughs> Sorry. Gladys is sitting where? Is she sitting on my shoulder? Is she like attached to my back? What, what's Gladys up to? Oh, no, this is your story. Where do you want Gladys to go? She's your mate. Right. I mean, Gladys is going to sit on my shoulder. Right. So as she sits on my shoulder, I obviously can speak B because I can speak every language. But now that Gladys is my friend, I explain to Gladys that all of us here are here to help Gladys and her hive escape. 
Um, and that, what's her name? That crazy bitch. What's her Little name? Um, and that she's kidnapped them and she's actually enslaved them. So she's the baddie. Make me an animal handling check. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I write these storylines. I really don't know why I write these storylines. Think of all the things really? you're doing. 17. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> As Maud brings the queen bee down onto the palm of her hand, looking at her, you just see Maud going, talking to the queen bee. As you see the bees all stop and turn in the air, leaving Hanash alone slightly as they all kind of fly over. And you just see a swarm of bees flying around you as you just hear a thousand little voices say, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, as, the, um, as the bees start to swarm to uh, Maud, I'm going uh, to look over to Mellifluence and I'm going to say, how about we try this again? Mm. Who are you? What are you doing here? We've got your bees. There are bees now. Bees? Bees. bees. Be cool, bitch. <laughs> Look at her dead in the face as she just she stares back at you, the hatred in her little red beady eyes. As you can see, years of friendship with Gladys, the Queen Bee, just stolen in minutes by the despicable tiefling as her voice her voice what the fuck am I talking about as Mellifluence's cracked mouth opens and you just hear her shout Tugger 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 get your ass out here stop sniffing those fumes as you see a tiny little goblin with a sack come shuffling out of the side door his eyes all slightly watery and askew on top of his head, like a wicked Barnet haircut, like he's just stepped out of a 1980s football pitch, as Tugger walks over, reaches into his sack, and just pulls out um, a little kind of glass vial of bright blue and just looks at it, and he's like, I wasn't sniffing it. I don't know why you think I try the produce. I don't try the produce. I just make the produce. I don't care what you're doing. Get your ass over there. As he looks over, sees you for the first time, and just hurls the glass vial straight at where Maud is. Um, he is going to make an attack. Uh, so Tugger, pulling back his arm, taking out the vial, uh, the 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 glass sphere of crackling energy, hurls it at you, Maud. Having seen you. Um, Steal the bees away. Can I try and catch it? Because this is going to go over my head, isn't it? Because I run the hairs. Can I try and catch this pig in the middle style? Yes, if you want to, as it hurls over your head, you can try and make me, I'll say, a performance check. Nine, because that's the only thing Nine. I can roll today. <laughs> Leaping up into the air, you try and catch it, both hands just missing the glass vial as you see it flying end over end, catching the light as it tumbles. He got a 24 as the glass vial smashes at the feet of Maud where the bees are. 
and you see alchemic energy kind of erupt from it as a blue fire envelops the feet of the tiefling. Uh, you taking, um, uh, you take three points of damage. Sorry. Uh, yeah. As alchemal fire starts burning up through your feet, almost like the world's worst athlete's foot, you see blue flames crackling in between your boots. Okay. Is, is this magical fire? Yes. Oh, I, I'm about oh, no. to put it out. No, no, sorry. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. It's not magical fire. It's alchemical fire. So it's um, science, science fire. That's my that's my speciality. I um, I instantly extinguish it with control flames. Oof! I tell you what. As yes, looking over an expert in fire, the dragonborn looks over, grabs his fist together, and more. Do you see the flames flicker out and choke as if starved of oxygen at your feet? So do I still take three points? Yes, you still burnt your feet, but you now don't have to put the fire out. I thought it was an ice knife. I thought that. I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's ice knife. Contact. Fire. Ice knife. And with that, and with that, you see, you look back, and after that, Tugger reaches into his bag again, pulls out another vial with a swirling grey vortex in it. He hurls it down on the floor. Smoke bomb! As you Can I? Rising. Can I... Do Hellish Rebuke at Tugger, please. Is there a range on Hellish Rebuke? Um, it's, it's a reaction, <laughs> isn't it? It's a reaction, yeah. Well, I'm having a reaction to having my feet burnt. I think it's quite burnt. <laughs> um, Let's have a look. What's the range on Hellish Rebuke? No. You point your finger. Uh, 60 feet. Yes, you can. Yeah. As... The smoke wreaths around Malifluence and Tugger. Uh, the tiefling points her finger and lets out a scream of abyssal, howling into it, uh, howling into the smoke. He needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Oof, Jesus Christ. Um, so Tugger is going to make a dexterity saving throw. Makes sense. Yeah, the bins, Tugger. Can I melt his little face off? He's a skeleton. We could have a set, Matt. Set of little schools. Okay. Tugger got a 12 for a dexterity saving throw. What did he need? 12. 12. So he makes a 12. He actually saves against it, just getting what he needs to get. As you point your finger over, screaming an abyssal, you see flames now lick up at the feet of Tugger, who's like, ah! As his little green robe starts setting on fire. As he starts stamping them out, you see him vanish back into the wreath of smoke that's risen up. As you hear scuttling feet. Can I and as you- my thunderbuss at them? Because it'll have, I'm hoping it'll have like a spray and maybe get through the smoke. Absolutely. If you want to discharge a blunderbuss, go for it. Make me an attack. I hate the word discharge. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 16. 16. 16. Out of the um, smoke, as you you see Hanash lifting the blunderbuss up onto his shoulder, pulling the trigger again, you hear a huge boom as Hanash is rocks off his feet again. The shrapnel flying into the smoke. You just hear a dull <laughs> out of the 
smoke in front of you. Um, make me, what's the damage on your blunderbuss? Ten. Ten? Yeah. Oof. Okay. As the smoke starts to clear, you can see a trail of uh, green blood on the floor. Are they, are they, are they still in the room or, or does that kind of lead back out? That leads, that leads further deeper into the cathedral. Okay. And I tell you what, at that point, that's probably a good drinks break as that punctuates the action quite nicely. I can't believe that. I wrote a really cool character and Maud instantly <laughs> face-fucked her and stole the really cool character conceit that I had written for her. I've already, I've already so, got a circulating for it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Anytime AJ makes a cool character with animals, and then and then Maud is like, "Is is for me? Yes, <laughs> it's for my pets. Mine, 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 <laughs> God damn you all! Do you know? Do you know how many weeks ago I wrote this character and how excited I've been to flesh it out? And you've literally no. She just needs to get the bees back. He's really not happy with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how could you? It took so long planning that. <laughs> Such a bell end. Was the, uh, was the other goblin always there, or did you need a backup because the bees had left? No, Tugger. I've got, yeah, no, tug, Tugger and Mellifluence. So, quickly recapping, you had basically broken into the abandoned cathedral instantly working out that you probably weren't alone noticing tatty noticing using his hunting skills small muddy footprints and then you individually getting attacked by bees you soon discerned a foul presence was not far as mellifluence made her presence known attacking hanash with a swarm of bees however maud fucking the dm over decided to befriend the queen bee and emasculated poor malevolence. And Tugger coming onto the scene, throwing down alchemical fire at the feet of the bloody annoying blue tiefling, and then attempting to smoke bomb his way out of it, but not before Hanash discharged his giant weapon, sounds filthy, into the wreath of smoke hitting one of the targets. So now you're going to tell me the small technicality and the rules of the blunderbuss, aren't you? Uh, apparently I get to, like, um, everything within a five feet of the target must make a dexterity saving throw, so I don't know if... Uh... Go on, then. Let's retcon the event. So which one were you aiming at? So I've got Tugger. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. If the other one's within five, five feet, then they're going to make a throw. Are they within five feet? Okay. Hold your horses. What do they need to be? Uh, eight plus proficiency bonus plus your dexterity modifier. So your proficiency bonus, I think, is plus two. Um, your dex modifier. One, two, three, eleven. They need to be an eleven. Yeah. Yeah, so they need to be an eleven, please. They need to get an eleven. Yep. They got a seven. So... Two lines of green splatter heading off 
in down further down the chapel is you establish that you have probably nicked both of them. Oh man, that's a real bad roll. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's fine. Um, so one of the only times I've ever remembered this is that uh, goblins are my favorite enemy. So, <laughs> um, I have advantage on survival checks to track them. Mm-hmm. Can sure. I can I use that knowledge to track them to see where they went? All right, sure. Make me an investigation check. Can I do that with advantage? Yep. Good. I'm hoping the, the the bloody splatters will also. <laughs> That's good because the first was a natural one, and the second was a natural twenty. Great. <laughs> so twenty-five. I become the tracks, and I just invisibly move around. <laughs> you seeing the blood go off around to the left-hand side, further, deeper into the cathedral. You see the central atrium opening up into a set of trestle tables that are sort of running the length of the central part of the cathedral. You now find yourself bang in the middle of the cathedral as the blood splatter goes off to the left-hand side. Do I see how far off on the left-hand side it goes? Is it going towards the back on the left? Okay. No, the left, left. So about 20 foot further in and about 20 foot over to the right, you see what would have been the kind of extension almost that you would have seen if instead of, you know, sitting proud like an extension out the side of the cathedral, you see a set of doors and the blood spackling the floor still fresh and wet and the wounds inflicted by the blunderbuss on the goblins. I'm going to, as I assume that everyone is, everyone is following me, um, I'll um, I'll just kind of like gesture to the door and then carry on going. I'm going to reload uh, as I follow. Uh, as you take your time to reload, yes, it obviously takes a moment to repack the blunderbuss and set the squib. Someone's playing Red Dead Redemption. Um, yeah, I guess we. Um, I guess we head through the door. Of all the bees, is like buzzing around Maud right now. Is she kind of like just got like like a circle of bees, like, like, like yes. Batman in um, Batman Begins, except with bees. <laughs> except with bees. <laughs> yes, yes. You- I've also got a flowery turban, a kimono, <laughs> and a Maud is- And now I'm covered bees. Maud is just there, like this is really on brand for me. <laughs> as you just look over and see the disgusted look of horror on lady's face as she realizes that your bond with her is not exclusive that you also speak to tiny insects as well well she doesn't like me anymore she definitely doesn't fucking like you now (laughs) (laughs) well i don't need her i've got killer killer bees (laughs) You can see the love that once existed in the eyes of the wolf draining away as you see nothing but contempt and malice in her grey eyes. I um, I just get I get Lady's attention and get a focus back on the hunt. You see Lady tramping along, sniffing away at the fresh blood trail on the ground as she leads you to the left-hand side to a set of doors 
with blood, fresh blood on the handle. Oh. I look back, is, is Belshia just kind of petting his otter as well? <laughs> I, it's my, it's literally my spirit animal. It, it brings me comfort in difficult times like this. And so you're still next to burn to death and imprisonment take me through. Like, yeah, what have I done? I would, I would probably describe yeah. it more as a therapy animal than a spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, therapy otter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is fine. This is... You may talk by moving your by moving your um your finger up and down the skin, like like your um scroll scroll. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I still have my um, I have my child's head, don't I? You do. <laughs> I I need to work out how to use that child yes, skull. The children's skull went down so well with the podcast listeners. Oh, <laughs> age rating goes. We're mature content when, now. When last when when that episode airs, it all there'll be thousands of of emails in support. In fact, I've already read them because this episode will come out after that one. Because 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 time. Because time. That's when we'll really know we've made it as a podcast when people start writing in animal rights activists and whatever start complaining that the dragonborn is getting a little bit too genocidal. It's a it's a child skull, not a not an animal skull. Yeah, we're gonna um uh follow a lady through the door. <laughs> we're gonna segue towards the <laughs> <laughs> not to go off the rails or anything but okay save us all from that awkward lawsuit by telling us what you do as you go through the doors what do, what do I see what, what are you doing little gnome are you just kicking the door down are you stealthily going through well, well you... one thing I thought the door was open if, if, if not I would um, stay low to the ground as I want to do as a gnome, um, and I would gently, gently kind of push the door open with, with my weight as I sneak in. Um, I mean, what weight? You're a gnome. You weigh the same as five kittens. Like, and I think if you, I think if you took five kittens and uh, used, used their, uh, their ability to exert mass all at once, and pushed on the same thing, they would open the door. Could um, could Matt tell us what the weight of five kittens is? I thought that he's the only one who is accurately, you know, who is in a position at this moment. Well, let's see. I don't know. Like a kitten weighs about a, probably under a kilogram, so somewhere between four and five kilograms. Is that enough to open a door? Could five kittens open one of your doors? Our doors are quite light, I think. So I'd say yeah. The balance of probability. But these are these are doors. Can five kittens open a door? Hey, you started this shit. Are you guys trying to write little snippets of social content to share? I mean, I really think you've never opened a door before. I was going to say he doesn't have the weight. What are you talking about? Stop blaming us for going off the rails, and you're the one that puts us on the wrong track. Yeah, B man. You got on the wrong fucking train. It's not my fault. You haven't even got any fingers. How are you going to open the door handle with your mouth? Wait. I can push down on it with my palm and then shoulder it open. It's a it's a doorknob. What are you going to do? Deep throat it and turn Where your head around to it. Where was the description, man? I got none of this. 
this is not the content that our subscribers pay for. Hey, right. you're the one who didn't fucking describe it. Jesus fuck. How many kittens? <laughs> How many kittens? Unbelievable. Many kittens? Okay, two hands around the doorknob, palms. As you see Tatty stealthing towards the door, the column holding up the back of the cathedral just shakes slightly. You see a crack as six tons of stone just come smashing down out of the archway, turning the gnome into a bloody smear on the floor. Really, six six tons of stone for one gnome. I didn't have the I didn't yeah. have the, the I didn't have the mass or the or the, or the speed to exert the force of five kittens before. So, dear God, fine as God. I'm going to roll it back to the moment that the wolf and the gnome walked up to the door, which was shut. Following the trail of fresh green blood, the gnome noticed the door was shut. What would the gnome like to do? Can, can I emasculate the gnome as he's like trying to like fumble this door? Can I? Can I like, <laughs> <laughs> can, can I? <laughs> How much force would you like me to exert? <laughs> in, in, in kittens. At least ten kittens worth. As the door creaks open, it swings on its hinge, and the smell hits you at first. The smell that some of you are more accustomed to than others. The smell of agriculture. As you realise you've opened the doors to a stable, and the waft of horse shit and straw... Wafting up into your nose, I need the pair of you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Six. Twenty-three. Several things coming whizzing out of the gloom of the um, stable, firing straight over Tatty's small form, but one of them embedding themselves into Hanash's thigh you feel, look down and you notice the wooden shaft of an arrow digging out of your thigh as you take um, five points of damage as you look down and see a wooden shaft with feathers now sticking out of your thigh. I do the ace <laughs> thing where it's like... <laughs> what are the rest of you doing? Um, do, I see where the, do I see where the arrow came from? Uh, make me a perception check. Sure will. 16. 16. Uh, you see three stalls at the back with various bales of hay. You think behind one of the bales you may see movement in the middle of the three stalls. Uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to signal to, um, uh, I'm going to signal to Barbara and I'm going to, Point over at the um, point over at the hay bales, and I'm going to say, "Go get them." <laughs> okay, uh, and with that, do Hanash, Tati, and Lady want to make me an initiative check, please? Yes, I mean just... we're we're still just outside, right? I imagine. Oh yeah. Uh, I got a seven. Eleven from me. And lady got come on thirteen plus what's your text bonus? Uh lady got fifteen. Okay. That's not a problem. 
Okay, as Lady goes rushing into the room uh, from the left-hand stall, you see another thing come whizzing out of the darkness um, as another arrow comes flying out and gets a 22 to hit. To hit Lady? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's an arrow going inside of the wolf as there's a... To one side, uh, as Lady hits the floor, taking three points of damage. You hear a snickering from behind the hay bale. That is the last time you will underestimate Ding. How many of these fucking goblins are there? Can I? Can I defend Lady? Can I instruct my beast to murder, please? You're not currently there at the moment. Uh, only Hanash and Tati and Lady are there. In several rounds' time, you may become aware of the situation, but for the moment, the two of them... Right here, right here's a commotion. Uh, you will do, but as it takes six seconds around, we'd have to go through several rounds of combat before you would get a chance to do anything. We're still, still in the slow motion of reacting to it. Welcome okay. to battle. <laughs> Also, you have to remember metagaming. You don't know what you hear. You you don't automatically know everything just because I've said it because you're in a different room. That might be to investigate if I hear a noise. Absolutely, you can in a minute. Right, what's going to happen next? The second goblin is going to open fire on the burly orc who bursts into the room and... Oh, God, they're rolling really high today. And the uh, second goblin getting a 21 to hit. Hits. Ace Ventura style, an arrow digs into your other thigh. You now have an arrow sticking out of either thigh. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfuck. What damage are you talking? You hear hear the the other goblin say, anything Ding can do, Dong can do better. (laughs) (laughs) Goblins. And with that, it is Lady's turn. How much damage does it take? Sorry? Uh, three points. Three points. Uh, so these hay bales that they're behind, is there, um, is there kind of room on each side for you to kind of go round, round the back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are three balls. There's a hay bale in each. There's clearly a goblin behind each hay bale, left or right. Uh, and the hay bales aren't really that tall because they're goblins at the end of the day and Lady could easily jump over a hay bale because she's a full-grown wolf. Uh, yeah, Lady is going to, um, if she's got enough movement, which is 50 feet, she's going to run around the left-hand side um, to attack the one on that side. Sure, okay. Uh, uh, they're about 20 feet away, so she's got plenty of movement, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Plus five to hit. Okay. Uh, 11. 11. Uh, just a, does it. As Lady comes bounding round the side of the stable, kicking up straw and dung, as she leaps over the tiny little hay bale barricade, her paws flying through the air. As you hear a muffled scream, uh, I take it she's doing a claw and tooth style attack. Hang uh, on, let me have a look. So she does a bite. 
Mm-hmm. And she does yeah, she does eight damage. Oof. And, eight damage, yeah. And um it has to succeed a strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Okay. Uh, succeed against a what? What did it need to get? 13. Fails. So you see the small goblin form knocked to the floor by the giant wolf as the fangs dig into the goblin's shoulder blades. You hear a crunch of broken bone and a muffled scream from the left-hand side as you hear a little voice on the right-hand side. Schlong! Are you all right, Schlong? Five. <laughs> Five. God damn Mm. Oh, sorry. And with that, it is Hanash's go. With with a bonus action, can I light a torch? I'd say yes. I'd like to light a torch, and then I'd like to throw the torch at the hay bales, please. Good effort. Sweet baby. Jesus, you're destructive. (laughs) Okay, I will say if you're not moving, you could use... Assuming... What thing have you got? What mechanism have you got in your inventory to light fire? I've got a tinderbox. I would say you'd have to take your entire turn to light it if you want to light it. I'm more than happy for you to do that. It's not like a cigarette lighter. It's a tinderbox. You've got to spend some concerted time lighting things with a tinderbox. Magic could light things instantly. Tinderbox, you're going to burn a turn doing that. But I'm more than happy to have you light. Uh, are there hay bales uh, quite close together? Or are they like quite far apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not too far apart. The stalls are all next to each other, yeah. So I'm like, if I light one, I could maybe light them all. I yeah, all right. If you wish to use turn lighting a torch, I'll say you light a torch. So I'm going to hide behind the door while I do this. I'm going to like move like one feet because I, we just go through the door so I can light it without getting shot again at my leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hanash duck in behind the door, spending his time. You hear the strike of flint on metal as he lights the torch. Uh, moving on to Tatty's turn. What are you doing? Good. Oh. Because I've only moved one feet, can I shout to the other guys at the same time? Like, while I'm lighting it, saying we've got a disturbance over here, or is that too much in one go? Uh, I would say, just for the sake of storyline, the other guys will have heard the screams of the two arrows that are sticking out of your legs as you let out an unworldly orcish howl into the air, echoing around the rafters of the cathedral, more than Belsiar, Eolian, and Aristobulus's ears pricking up and realising that... You've got yourselves into hot water. But it's not quite their time yet. So, Tatty, what are you doing? We'll get to more than Aristobulus and Belgium. Okay, so as Lady has run around to the left, I'm going to run around to the right. Um, and if I, if I stay kind of flush to the, to the room wall on the right-hand side, how much space is there between me and the, um, the hay bales? Uh, as you make your way through various equine uh, uh, stable equipment, there's kind of like pitchforks for the bales and brushes for the horses and um, saddles and stuff mounted on the wall. As you make your way round to the right-hand side, I'll say you can come pretty much flush with the door, if you wish to, at the right-hand stable where Ding is currently. Okay, how far away from... From Ding, does that put me? How far would you like to be? He's only 20 feet away, so you can get as near or far as you wish. Um, I want to be able to... I want to kind of have him in my line of sight, but not too not too close. 
So I'll say 10 feet away, you get, you see the bald pate head of the little goblin with his pointy green ears and his fiery red eyes poking up above the hay bale as you just see his little middle finger up at you waving around. Um, I, um, I decide now is the time to try this shit. Um, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to attempt to fire an arrow with my, with my bow. Oh, make me a normal attack with disadvantage. Okay. <laughs> I think the first one's not too bad, actually. Uh, 11. Bang on. Fucking A. Uh, eight damage. Eight damage. Nice. So as the little green finger comes up, you lift your stumpy fingers up reflexively. Although your fingers may not be the best, your years of muscle memory have not left you. As you fire off an arrow into the stable, you hear a dull thud and a... As the little green head bobs down beneath a stack of hay, is there um, is there anything I can take cover behind? Yeah, a set of saddles off to the right, if you wish. Sounds sounds robust enough for a little guy like me. Just we've got Hanash hiding to the left hand side behind a door. Tatty hiding to the right hand side before a door. Before the others get to come in and join you. Um, the last of them, Schlong, who's currently being pinned to the ground by a wolf, is going to... He's being grappled at the moment by a wolf. He's going to make... Uh, can Lady make me an athletics check, please? Sure. It actually doesn't say that they are grappled. just says that they're not prone. Oh, okay. He's going to use his movement to get back up onto his feet, in which case, look over at the wolf, which is bearing down on him, her arrow sticking out of the side of her flank as um, the goblin is going to use its scimitar to attack the wolf that it can clearly see in front of it. Um, And gets... A 18. Hit. Doing the wolf. Uh, the wolf takes three points of damage. Mm. So you see the scimitar slash through. You hear the wolf once again howl as a more decor hits the ground. Now, at this point, I will say that the rest of you can enter the fray if you wish. All right. So, how big are these stables? Um, as you would imagine, an average stables, you're probably looking at a sort of twenty foot by twenty foot room, really, a square with three with three um, stalls at the end, various equipment along the right hand side. Uh, you know, all the kind of usual rakes and pitchforks and uh, brushes, saddles, things like that. Um, how many horses in there? Three. Okay. There are no horses in there. It's long since people. Okay. So the, there's Ding and Schlong. Can uh, are they visible? Ding, Dong, and Schlong. Um, you uh, Ding is currently dropped below the line of the um, hay bales with an arrow sticking out of him. Schlong is uh, just got up off the floor and is highly visible as he's just went to the wolf. And um, 
dong is in the middle stall and is uh, just bobbing around, fucking making middle fingers at you all. Is this your name for your meeting two veg by any chance? Ding dong and Ding dong and <laughs> Absolutely. My meat and two veg. Jesus Christ. Um, I call it. No, I like to call my penis the devil's baguette. <laughs> there we go. I can't mind the on in the departments of justice. Because Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, man. It's very angular. <laughs> right. Um, Maud and Velsia, what are you doing? I'd like to basically fire an ice knife into Dong in the middle and try and get the other two in the radius of the explosion while simultaneously using careful spell to protect Lady. Okay. Um, I would say, for the sake of the other two, you could hit Dong in the middle, but Schlong and Ding are both in separate stalls. So it's unlikely you do them too much damage. You may damage the stalls altogether, but you definitely hurt Dong. I think that's worth. I mean, I, I really just want to shoot ice knife into a into a small room, see what happens. Do we have a, a okay. ice knife like sound that we can like play on the podcast? Ice knife. Yeah, absolutely. Just, we'll find just a little the little ice knife. Um, yeah go on then make me an attack Um, so that is on uh, 15 to hit absolutely hit goblins are not renowned for wearing a lot of armour they just have dirty little robes on so Dong takes um, let's see right one Dong takes Eight damage. Yep. All to the fingers. Uh, <laughs> and then it explodes. And how much damage? Anyone in <laughs> in five feet will take uh, has to succeed on a dexterity twelve saving throw. So I believe that's your discretion if that goes through the the, the, the stable or if it just hits. Dong. I would say it auto hits the sides of the stable panels and will obviously do damage as well to Dong as the thing is sticking out of him when it explodes. Mm. So that's three D6 cold damage. Come on. Okay. Two, one, come on. One. Oh, okay. Four damage. Four damage. Okay. So you see Dong in the middle with his little green middle fingers up at you. Oh, Timmy! Your little bastard! As you see the uh, air crackling, uh, Hanash, behind the door, you see the flame flicker in the torch that you've got open as the cold suddenly, the, the warmth drained out of the air as you look over and see the dragonborn, a, a knife forming out of the palm of his hand as it slams into the centre. Everyone ducks. You see it digging out of the chest of Dong as you just hear a little voice saying, Oh no! Is it kaboom and blows up? You see Gore and Ikor exploding out of the front. There's a hole, a cra- ruined crater out of the front of the goblin's chest. As he's 
very badly damaged, but still somehow, although you can see some of his internal organs out of the wreckage at the front of his chest, he's still hanging on in there. Um, somehow. Uh, Maud, what are you doing? Can I slow clap the goblin just as he's about to die? I'll say your bonus action is slow clapping a goblin on death door, yes, if you wish. Yeah. No, just to, just to add to my character. Um, is Are there any goblins currently alive? Three of them. Well, I mean, you can't see Malefluence, you can't see Tugger. Um, but certainly Ding, Dong and Schlong are in varying degrees still alive, just about. Uh, okay. And Lady, Lady is not far away from Schlong in the left-hand so Lady's pinning Schlong down, isn't she? No, no, no. Schlong got back up and twatted Lady with a... Um... Oh. This is all making right. Lady sound very dirty, and I, I, I'm not. Um, I would like... I've still got my bees. I would like to yes. explain to my bees exactly what's going on and request that my bees murder all of the goblins. Um... Jesus Christ. Right. If you wish to do that, I would say that you would do each goblin progressively less damage. If you wanted to use all of your bees to attack one goblin, you'll do more damage. If you want to split them across three goblins, they will do less damage. If if my bees were going to, I can't see malignance, but if they were going to murder her, what would be the likelihood of the goblins then running away in fear? She's like, I mean, from the point of view that you've got six seconds to do something, you can't see Malefluence. You have no idea where she's gone. At this point, you can see three goblins in front of you. I'd say those are your targets. Okay. Can I, can I murder the goblin that hurt Lady then? Yes. So the goblin in the left-hand stall, which is called Schlong, which has just... You've run into the room in time to see a scimitar slash down the side of Lady as she lets out a feral howl, blood gushing from a wound in her furry flank. As you whisper to your bees, make me an animal handling check. Actually, I tell you what, no, you're in control of the bees anyway. The goblin has to make a dexterity saving throw. Come on. Oof, the goblin making a dexterity saving throw suddenly throws himself onto the ground as the swarm of bees arcs over the top of him. Um, coming back to you afterwards, the bees resonating back over the top of you as you still have Gladys, the queen bee, in the palm of your hand. Oh, got- did you get that goblin? Uh, 22. Fuck off. Right. Straight up the top, the right hand goblin ding who's been shot in the chest by tatty pops his little green pokey ears coming up above the top of the hay bale fuck you gnome fuck you as he takes a little arrow you see him pulling it back as he fires it robin hood princess thief style you see the arrow flighting across the room getting a 17 hit do you get a does he have to disadvantage because you're going cover or anything Mm. He's not. Uh, he can cover behind the. Um, yeah, I was, I was behind the sound. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, I you want to change the AC based on that. 16. Uh, my armor class is 15. Ah, there you go. Uh, you take four points of damage as an arrow slams into your shoulder. Going down, Dong in the middle, who has a ruined crater in his chest. 
lifts up with green ichor dripping down the front of his freezing cold robes. Look, sees the dragonborn, lifts up his bow and with shaky hands fires at the dragonborn who was attacking him, getting a uh, 13. 14, doesn't it? Oh, suddenly firing at the last minute, hacking up some green blood from the wreck of his check, chest, firing his arrow. You see it twang into the doorpost next to you as you see the shaft going, as you look over and see the little goblin's green fingers. That far! <laughs> it's now Lady's turn, who is currently standing next to uh, Schlong. Um, yeah, she's, she's, she's really not happy with this guy. Um, she's going she's gonna to fuck this guy up. It's a nine to hit. Nine Ooh. to hit. Schlong, um, seeing Lady, Lady leaping towards Schlong's green booted leg as Schlong throws himself backwards onto the floor, the wolf's jaw snapping shut just short of the goblin's leg. Um, she obviously still has her movement if she wants to use it. Um, no, she's going to stay where she is. She's going to stay where she is. Hanach, you're up behind the door, yeah. having lit your torch. Uh, I'm going to throw my torch at like the middle, so I'm hoping it'll like, really? pan out, so I'm going to get it in the middle. Right. Uh, make me an athletics check. Fuck off. Ten. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ten. Um, arcing through the air, the torch lands splat in the middle of the room and starts lighting some straw in the middle of the room as you see the floor starting to lick with flames. I'll hide back around the door. That's my bonus movement. Yeah, okay, sneaking back with your excess movement behind the door. It is now Tatty's turn. Um, so... Can I see, from where I am, can I see... Is it Schlong, the one on the left-hand side? The one that... Uh, Schlong, you've thrown on the floor. You can see um, Ding and Dong, probably, in the two right, in the right and centre one. Okay. Um, Someone got the TV on in the background. That might be. And you thought that fan was bad. <laughs> I can literally hear a woman's voice over the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, Tatty, can see Ding and Dong uh, on the right-hand side. Okay. Um, and Schlong is prone, did you say? Yeah, Schlong on the left-hand side has just dived out of the way of your wolf as she tried to rip off his leg. So he is um, flat on the ground. Okay, I'll um, I'll attack the I'll um, fire at the one in the centre then. Yep, that's Dong. Mm-hmm. He's got a ruined crater in the middle of his chest with a dragonborn. Uh, the one in the centre, yeah, looking really grim, where the dragonborn <laughs> fired an ice knife into his chest. You're aiming at him, are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming I'm doing this with disadvantage. Yes, unless you've grown uh, fingers back. That's a 12. <laughs> Hits. Lovely. Fuck me. Six damage. Six damage. Aiming right into the centre, the arrow slamming into the cavity where the crater in the middle of the chest was, where you can see ribs sticking out. You hear a deflated thwap as it hits some kind of internal organ as you see Dong hit the deck. 
just barely hanging onto life. You see a little green hand come up with a middle finger above the hay bale, the middle finger shaking and covered in green ichor. Um, as, 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 as Tatty um, ducks down back behind the saddle, he's going to say, yeah, fuck you too, pal. I still got it. Schlong <laughs> <laughs> uh, now next to Lady uh, she having narrowly missed him he's going to use his filthy cracked shimitar to take a swing at the wolf and he Jesus Christ they're rolling well gets a 19 which I presume hit yeah yep yeah. uh, she takes another three points of damage as you're starting to see wounds opening up on the side of the poor wolf her once white coat starting to go pink then red as blood drains out of the open wounds on the side of her as Schlong says that's what you get for trying to rip my leg off. As Belsia, you're up. What are you doing? I'm going to teach this slong a lesson. Um, <laughs> this sounds so wrong. So like much classic Friday night. <laughs> Belsia is going to beat Right. Uh, I, I whisper to myself, crown of madness. And um, I... Cast Current of Madness on Schlong. Okay, as all magic works, you do a little sing-song, glee-style. Crown of Madness! As you do a little dance, as little glyphs light up above the goblin's head, dancing around in a little kind of magical crown above <laughs> his head. What kind of saving throw does the goblin have to make? Uh, wisdom 12. Wisdom 12. All right. Fails with a six. Yes. Okay, so on his next go, I'll have him attack. Um, ding. Ah, that's so cruel. Okay, okay, right. Well, he uh, he's he started it. He did start it. To be honest, the goblins are dicks. Maud, what are you doing? Um, I have got my dagger out, and my I'm holding it in my tail. So I've got my arms free. And I think I'm going to try and sneak up on one of the goblins while they're distracted with everything else that's going on. Sure, yeah. Uh, Dong in the middle stall has a giant crater in the middle of his chest with an arrow sticking out of it. He's barely hanging on to life. And Ding in the near side uh, is is fairly duffed up with an arrow in his shoulder. So your choice. And obviously, you're you're in the doorway. You're 20 foot from any of them. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to try and sneak around the hay bale to get mm-hmm. to Dong. Is Dong the one that, that hurt Lady? No, Schlong. Come on, get your goblins right. I don't ride these fucking individual characters for nothing. Jesus Christ. Schlong is the one with the crown of madness over him at the moment in the left-hand stall. Dong is the one in the middle with a crater in his chest with an arrow sticking out. And Ding is a gobby bastard who keeps on giving people the middle fingers. So I'm going to go for Schlong. Okay. And I'm going to sneak around the hay bale and I'm going with my dagger, with my tail holding my dagger. I'm going to stealthily sneak around the hay bale and try and get to him. Do you have sneak attack as a feat? I do, yes. And it's a sneak attack because Schlong is currently engaged with Lady in combat. Yes. Sneak attack. Sneak attack. Okay. Lady get Schlong. Yep. Lady is currently flanking Schlong. There's words you never thought you'd hear. Schlong, 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 schlong. 
Can I stab Shlong in the back with my dagger, my tail? Like, yeah, if you want to shiv, if you want to shiv a Shlong, Jesus Christ, try saying that fast. You can shiv a Shlong. Uh, go at it. Okay, I would like to. So obviously, my tail is a bit like pneumatic, and it would just keep stabbing him. Pneumatic. All right, maybe. Uh, from memory, sneak attack has a normal hit, but an extended damage. Is that right? It's been a while since I've done sneak attack. Yeah. So make me the hit roll. Okay. Well done. Oh, you know. 22. Fuck me. A schlong is lying on the floor, flaccid. He looks up and small glyphs start rotating around his head as he's like, Oh, Schlong is not feeling too good. As he hears a crinkle to his left, he looks over into the shadows as a blue form with burning yellow eyes steps out of the shadows. Out of the shadows. Oh, Schlong is in trouble. As a knife, a dagger on the end of a tail just comes in and just shivs him fucking repeatedly. Um, make me the damage plus whatever sneak attack damage you feel you need to do. Hold on. 17. You keep stabbing him as he just hear a little voice saying, Ah, Schlong does not feel too good. Ding dong, go on without me. As you just see the lights, just the, the red, just fade out of his eyes. You keep on stabbing him long after he's dead, just gutting him into a, like, just splattering lady in green ichor. I affectionately think back to my um, my bunk buddy in the prison stabbing up that guy. <laughs> Multiple times. You all look over over and Hanash has an erection. Remembering. (laughs) Okay. Can I I just wink at Lady and make sure she's okay just before we move on? Lady is wounded and, you know, although she doesn't like you very much, she will take the affection off you right now because she is in pain. Uh, And with that, we're back around to the top to Ding, who's in the right-hand stall. Ding, the little, little finger reaching up. Ding pokes his head up, looks around, looks at all the different targets, looks through the burning straw in the centre of the room, looks at um, everything that's going on, sees Hanash standing behind the door and is going to take a pop shot at him. Uh, Jesus Christ, these goblins are rolling well. Gets a 21 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, Four points of damage as an arrow... Hits you in the shoulder. You now have an arrow out of each thigh and one in your shoulder. <laughs> As Ding says, nobody takes down my schlong. Wow. Wow. And at that, it's Dong's go. Dong hanging onto life by a thread, hooking up green blood everywhere like a fountain, barely hanging onto life. One last roll of the dice lifts up his arrow and fires it directly lifts up his bow even and fires it directly at the gnome uh, getting a 13 but because the gnome is behind cover I think gets a 12 uh, armor class is 15 anyway so. so you hear a thwapping noise as you look up and you see a wooden shaft with a hideous brown black feathers sticking out of the saddle just above your head uh, lady is up. Um, lady is going to run up to the one in the middle, which is Dong, I believe. Yeah. Um, and she's going to 
just try and gnaw the fuck out of him, really. Just, just, yes. just rag him until it's done. Yep. Uh, 16. 16. All right. Do me some damage. Ooh, 13 damage. Fuck me. So... Dong getting to his feet, firing at Tatty. Twing, the arrow going straight into the um, saddle in front of Tatty's head. Looking over at the corner of his eye, he sees movement as a white wolf bathed in blood, green and red, comes flying through, pins him to the ground, sticks her nuzzle into his chest and tears out through the crater his goblin heart as the last thing he sees is the wolf eviscerating him as the uh, as the life in his eyes go Blank, the wolf lifting up his corpse and ragging it around. That is two down. Um, uh, that means Hanash is up. I'm pissed off for all these fucking arrows in me. So I'm going to get this one. <laughs> shot me. So I'm, I'm going I'm to sprint up to him and then I'm going to use my boots, my beautiful boots of... Um, striding and springing. I'm going to spring up to him, and I'm going to like, like I don't know if I need to play the booms when you get a glory kill from above. I'm going to like throw my great axe into it, like pow. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're trying to do. Um, okay, so make me either an athletics or a performance check. Your choice for the flying bit. Can I have an advantage because I got my boots of striding? What's the definition of the boots of striding? Um, so in terms of the jump, you can jump three times in all the distance, so you can't jump farther than your remaining movement method will allow. Well, your movement already far outstripped the distance between you and the goblin anyway. So what I'm going to say is you hurtle through the air with your axe, with all your pith and vigour and excitement, you go flying through the air, overshoot the goblin and just come crashing down in a pile of horse shit in the back of the stall. <laughs> As you just get up, just caked in a patina of shit, as you feel the dung going into your open wounds. I'm going to use action surge and just like play off like I meant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> action surge mean you can make another attack? Yeah. Yeah, go on then, burn it. And then, so I'm now behind him. So I just like, yeah, yeah. I just go for like a chop at the back of his neck. Do it. Um, 13 to hit. It. That was a fucking adventure. And ten damage. Ten damage. You leap through the air, crashing down into the back of the stall with a thwap, landing in the pile of dung, picking yourself up, dusting it off. You take your grey tax, which I believe you stole from Thunder Blossom, didn't you? Did you steal it from Thunder Blossom? You did, didn't yeah. you? As Pick it up, swing it. You hear a crunching noise as your axe embeds itself in the collarbone of the goblin. You hear a little, ah, as you feel him crumple, the gut, the blood gushing out of the wound. Uh, as you pull the axe back, the goblin comes up with the axe as you just fling him off the axe and his body splats off the ground in the straw. He is hanging on by an absolute thread to this world. Um, as we move on. My bonus action, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've got second wind because I'm pretty low on health. So it just gets me more health. But I can do that in the background. All right. You do that. Whilst you're doing that, Tati, you're up. Um, peeking my head up and and seeing that um, Hunash has basically just ragged the fuck out of this, out of the last, out of the last goblin. Uh, I'm going to um, 
run over to the last goblin and pull out my rapier and uh, attack him with it. Okay, uh, maybe an attack. I think it's a disadvantage because the goblin is prone, if I'm not mistaken. I think then be the rules. Well, would I be a disadvantage for attacking him? Yeah, I think so, for attacking something that's prone. I thought it was, if they're in melee, then it's a, then it's advantage. And if, if it's ranged, it's disadvantage. It may all cancel out in that case, just made me an attack. Sweet. Um, I know that stuff. I should have blunderbussed the back of his head. Ah, next turn. <laughs> <laughs> Natural 20. Natural 20. Um, have at it. Made me some damage. Oh, pretty good rolls as well. 18. Fucking hell. 18. Well, he, he had two points of damn health left. So with the two points of health he had left, instantly scrubbed off the stats, how would you like to do this? Um, so <laughs> as, um, as uh, Hunarch goes into his neck with the, with the great axe and, and pulls away, just kind of leaving him on the floor, as I kind of vault over the, over the hay bales and sprint over um, with the rapier pulled out, kind of like backhand style, um, as he gets up and is about to try and attack again, he's like... And I just go, and he's just, he's still going like, ah, as just blood pours out and his head falls off. Nice, yes, in that comedic style, as you see the slit opening up across the front of his throat as green ichor flows down the front as his head just peels off backwards, his headless shoulders slumping to the ground in front of you. And it's at that point that you all look around at the carnage you have made, the noise as you see the flames slowly going out in the centre of the stables from where Hanash's torch has spluttered out of life, all looking around at the damage around you, you notice that Malifluence and Tugger have both vanished deeper into the cathedral. Um, it's at that point that we're going to pause this week's adventure and pick up the search for them um, next week. But... That was some pretty impressive fighting all around. Pretty impressive fighting all around, and what a way to draw a line under this week's adventure with Maud's first proper fight. Yeah. Lady doing some serious damage, and everybody. First time Belsiar's used an ice knife since murdering Yeah. Well, that's about all we can hope to achieve this week. So we just wanted to say a massive thank you for listening to us. And as ever... Your comments, reviews, and subscribes are much appreciated wherever you get your podcasts from. So, from myself, Matt, Lewis, Chanel, and both the Chrises, is a big goodbye. Have a great week out there, people. And remember, stay tipsy.